Hello and welcome to the Sky U Podcast by the Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, Go AU Fur. With me this week is Andy, Gopher Guy 05. Hi. And Steve, Zips of Akron. I'm ready to go. All right, well, let's dive into it. NFL Draft was this past weekend, uh, and the Gophers put five players uh, in the NFL Draft, the highest number of players drafted from the Gophers in the modern era. Uh, I guess my big question is, which of the five uh, do you think had the best landing? Like, ended up with the team that is best set up for them to really succeed um, as a rookie or or soon after, you know, in their early seasons. Uh, I'll start with you, Andy. Yeah, I'm going to go with the uh, the pair that ended up in Tampa. Um, I think uh, Tyler Johnson is in a pretty good spot where he's going to be the obvious choice to be a number three receiver there. Um, some guy named Tom Brady throwing him the ball. I, I, I guess he went to Michigan or something. He probably wasn't very good at Michigan. I don't remember him. But, um, yeah, you know, I think he'll be decent. He's got two pretty good receivers in Chris Godwin and Mike Evans to learn from. Um, you know, the only thing that pauses me is, so Tyler does a lot of work in the slot, which is a really good fit, um, but how much of those potential passes is Gronk going to take away from him? Um, so that'll be the only thing to watch, but I, I do think Tyler's in a pretty good shot. I think uh, I think Antoine Winfield's in a pretty good spot there too. Um, he should be able to fight for some playing time pretty quick right away, and and you know one would assume with Brady and Gronk and two other receivers that Tampa's going to have a pretty decent offense this year. So I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, the Bucks end up having a shot, a decent shot at uh, at a good playoff spot in the NFC, winning the NFC South and uh, making a run. So that's all you can really ask there. Steve, how about you? Did you have somebody different in mind than Andy? Uh, you know, I'm not really much of an X's and O's guy when it comes to uh, getting into the NFL from college, but I really do like the idea of having a couple guys on the same team. I was really bummed out that, you know, the Vikings weren't able to, to grab a hometown guy. Um, all we got to look forward to is Nate Stanley, I guess, uh, which is too bad, <laughs> um, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, I, I, I love TJ's story. It's really, really cool to see him get into a position coming all the way from Minneapolis North to be able to catch passes from Tom Brady. Um, unfortunately, it's going to be in Tampa Bay, but really excited for him. Really excited for uh, for Antoine Winfield. Um, it'd be really, it'd be really cool to see those guys get actual shots to suit up on Sundays, um, and also in a position where we can see those guys play too. It's really fun to tie that tie the two together, seeing those guys play last year, and all of a sudden they'll be playing on Sundays too. Um, nothing, nothing cooler than catching passes from a future Hall of Famer for Tyler Johnson. Kamal Martin, of course, had to go to the Packers, which, ugh, not. I'm extremely excited for Kamal. <laughs> Not excited that he's on the Packers. Uh, and then obviously Carter Coughlin uh, and Chris Williamson both ended up with the Giants. Another cool pairing. Um, those guys can hopefully uh, keep each other motivated and use that uh, as uh, as a you know a, some a uh, little bit of familiarity as they get into to camp. With those uh, two being drafted in the seventh round. Do you think, uh, Andy, that everybody makes their squad? Um, who do you think is that biggest risk for, for not making a roster? 
Yeah, you know, I actually uh, ended up doing a podcast with some of the uh, the guys who run, I think it's Big Blue Review, I'm blanking the site name, but it's... it's Big Blue, yeah, it, I'm, I'm blanking now too, it's but Big Blue Nation. Big Blue Nation, either way, it's, it's, it's the New York Giants SB Nation group, so I had talked to them on Monday, I'm not sure whether that podcast has been posted yet, but I'm sure... Once we get a uh, once we get a link to it, we'll we'll pass it along. But basically, yeah, I said, you know, I, I I think Carter Coughlin will make the Giants as a seventh round pick. I think he's got the football IQ and he's got the ability to, to stick on at least in special teams and, and try and earn something better. Chris Williamson's going to have to just absolutely ball out when he gets a chance. Um, the Giants have a lot of cornerbacks, and I think they did a lot what a lot of NFL teams did, including the Vikings in this in this whole COVID situation, is they went after a bunch of guys towards the end of the seventh round who they probably would have, in a normal year, tried to woo on uh, undrafted free agent type contracts. But without having to give bigger bonuses and things like that, they ended up drafting guys in the seventh round to have, um, you know, basically their own rights to themselves rather than have to compete with them. So I think Williamson is one of those guys that, you know, um, could, could he show out and could he squeeze on the team? Yeah, but he's going to have to have a, an incredible training camp to see that happening. Um, otherwise, I, I do have, I, like I said, I do have high hopes of, of Coughlin sticking around, and I think Kamal will make the Packers at special teams at the bare minimum, if not seeing some linebacker action. And uh, as we said, I think Antoine and Tyler will have uh, pretty good spots in Tampa Bay. So if I had to pick one of the Gophers to, to miss out, I'd say it's it's Williamson. And um, then, of course, we'll probably talk here in a couple minutes about the uh, the two other Gophers who ended up signing undrafted free agent deals. Yeah, so that would be Sam Renner. And then why am I blanking on our, our final UDFA? Uh, and Rodney Smith, you know, the oh, running back we've had for six I'm years who's, who's pretty good. Yeah, I'm just my brain. Brain, brain, uh, COVID brain, we'll call it. Uh, so what do you think their chances are of making a roster? You know, it all depends on the situation. Renner ended up with the uh, L.A. Rams, um, and to be tell you the truth, I have no idea what the L.A. Rams' depth is for, for defensive line. Um, my guess would be being undrafted free agents, unless they completely ball out, the best-case scenario we're looking at is probably practice squad. Um, you know, and, and with that, I think Rodney has a, has a better shot going to Tampa Bay or excuse me, go to Carolina. Um, you know, he, he's got obviously Christian McCaffrey as the starting running back there, and, but you never know. I mean, he has the skill, he has the ability. He's just going to have to, again, show it on a consistent basis in camp and, and see if he's going to be willing to, uh, you know, do what it takes on special teams to, to get an NFL job as well. So, um, I, I would, I would say those two have a, a really steep uphill climb ahead of them. But uh, I'm definitely not going to rule anything out. So I have a question for a couple for you or for you guys. Um, after the Gophers send a record number of or tied for a record number of players to the NFL, does that give them an advantage? Does that give PJ Fleck an advantage on the recruiting trail? The you know off season or the spring after this happens, even years past this, saying, "Hey, come here, play for me. You'll go to the NFL." Does that weigh in on you know like like a talking point? How does that play into how they're approaching recruiting? I mean, I think it. I think it definitely helps in certain positions. I think it's easy for them to go to wide receivers and say, "Hey, look, we put wide receivers in the NFL." You know, I, at this point, um, why am I blanking on the guy from Western Michigan, Corey Davis? Corey Davis, is that right, Andy? Yes. That's so right. Corey Davis, they turned him from an unheralded recruit into a first-round draft pick. Tyler Johnson, sure, he went in the fourth. Uh, but he was viewed pretty widely as a steal 
following that deeply and and was viewed as a talented guy who just wasn't as fast and fast you know quick is not uh your, your speed your, your strength and conditioning program can only do so much so uh you know he's he had a really great couple of years he set school records all of that's gonna you know be something that they can sell i think defensive back is obviously another area where um they have some some room to sell um you know some of those guys uh, you know Antoine Winfrey Jr obviously was a was a kill clays recruit but um you know he spent most of his time under flex so uh i think position wise it helps it, it's not going to get them offensive linemen <laughs> uh, i think as andy alluded to last week but it gives them a place to build from i think and it really it lets them sell the narrative of this is a program on the rise we're doing things that haven't been done. Um, if you get on, if you get in now, you're really joining, you know, at a time when to set to to really set a new expectation. All those things that Fleck likes to talk about. Um, this really does play into that narrative, I think. Yeah, you know, I, I would agree with that as well. You know, it's it's another step to show. Yep, guess what? We're bringing these guys in. We're developing them. We're turning them out. You know, like you said, five guys, that's the the most that the Gophers have put into the NFL and the NFL draft since 88, I think it was, and that was a 12-round NFL draft. Um, you know, so whether we're recruiting them or whether we're developing them, we, we put five guys in the league, you know, um, the Gopher Nation, Tom has an article up on the blog this week about looking ahead, seeing, you know, I see, I see at least another three or four locks to get drafted next year. Um, with even more, depending upon, well, if we have a season A and and B, how that all plays out. Um, so you know, I, I think I think yeah, I think we are now at the point where where you know for a while it was oh great we got one guy we got two guy whatever. I think Minnesota is now turning around saying we are expecting bare minimum three four five more guys every single year to go out to the NFL draft. Um, so a lot of that is now, like you said, the, the, you know, taking, this was the show me, all right, we're developing them. Now we're bringing in the higher quality players who just on talent alone would have a chance. Now, if we can continue to develop them, all of a sudden you go from having three guys drafted in the sixth and seventh rounds to three guys drafted in the fourth rounds to et cetera, et cetera. I mean, so, um, yeah, it's all, it's only good, good things to have that list. I mean, when you're comparing it to a list, Minnesota had five players drafted, uh, more in Oklahoma, more than Michigan, more than USC, more than Texas. That, that, that's not bad company to be in there. Well, speaking of recruiting, you know, more guys, apparently we are contractually obligated uh, to have a recruit to talk about for each of these COVID podcasts. So, Andy, how about you break down uh, the, new, the newest uh, guy to row the boat? Yeah, PJ Fleck is really uh, helping get our, our content all figured out here the last few weeks. So we, we do a, we do appreciate for that. Um, Hat tip to you, PJ. You know, things may slow down here a little bit in a, in a month or two. But, you know, for now, uh, PJ's helping us, you know, provide it. Uh, yeah, Minnesota did get another recruit. Albert Regis is a three-star defensive tackle out of Texas. Uh, it's now the Gophers' third recruit out of Texas in the 2021 class. Um He's 6'1", 300, so he's a, he's a bit of a smaller body. Uh, I mean, he's got that weight on him, but but obviously at 6'1", you, you wish he'd be a little bit taller. Um, 
but he's athletic. He uh, he also has been playing some tight end in high school, and apparently one of the scouting reports says he's actually pretty good at high pointing the ball. So you know that. So what you wait? So what you're what you're telling me is we have a future Piesman nominee on our hands. I, I think it's possible. You know, and I mean. Um, Granted, we're going back a couple of years, but Galen Elmore was a was a great tight end in high school, turned into a DN. So you know that athleticism isn't uh, isn't a terrible thing. Um, like I said, he, he obviously got to get him in the college scouting or uh, training and weight program, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But um, you know, coming out of Texas, he had offers from Baylor, TCU, Tennessee, Texas Tech, Virginia Tech. I, I'd like to compete with those programs for recruits coming out of Texas. That That's not bad. I mean, so, um, you know, it's another one of the guys, apparently, uh, apparently he was one of the top D tackles on the Gophers board. PJ won him over with the virtual visit and, uh, and pretty much got him in the boat. We've got 14 members in this class already, which is going to be interesting because, you know, in theory, after the last couple of massive classes, Minnesota probably in a normal, you know, without some funky numbers, only really has room for like a 17-member class this year. Um, but if you think we're only going to be adding three recruits before now in December, I've got... Uh, yeah, I'll be, sh- I'll be shocked if that's... I'll be, I'll be shocked as well. So, um, you know, in, in this case, it's, it's you know, we're, we're making inroads. And uh, I know we were sort of teasing last week that, you know, there's a couple other recruits who have said they're going to announce here in the next week or two. Um, you know, we've got three more guys from the state of Illinois that we're real high on, a safety, a running back, and an offensive tackle that, uh, you know, may or may not, before the before the spring is out, uh, end up giving Minnesota some love. So uh, things, are, things are looking good for the Gophers so far, football recruiting. Tons of time left, obviously, but... Uh, you know, if P.J. Fleck can continue his work as magic without kids even getting their feet on Minnesota soil, uh, you you got to feel confident. Number six class in the nation based off of almost exclusively video visits. That's, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Obviously, and again, we, we know that ranking, that's not going to hold. I mean, it's just not. But, damn, that's... That's impressive. I mean, the thing is, well, I was just going to say, the thing is, yeah, it's not going to hold, but you get another four-star, two or three, I mean, this legitimately could be a top 20 class, which is what you want to do if you want to start competing with the echelon of the Big Ten. If you can get a top 20 class, that's only only gravy. So, um, you know, it might not be a top five class, but top 20 is definitely not out of the question at this point. Well, it's not the only new addition to a Gopher team. Uh, basketball got themselves another transfer, and I'm going to turn it over to Steve for that one. Yeah, so a uh, couple bits of news here, I guess. Uh, first off, Patino whiffed on another local recruit, Kerwin Walton, unfortunately, who's going to North Carolina, did not choose the Gophers, had it down to the final two, and was uh, had some drama over the weekend where they were, or uh, Kerwin was supposed to decide on Saturday. Saturday came and went. Bagman, the Bagman's cell phone died. Yeah, I guess. They, yeah. Couldn't put the cashier's check together, I guess. Um, but finally decided to go to UNC, um, which was a bummer. But Patino, as he is wont to do this year and last year, uh, followed that up with another exciting announcement of another transfer coming to join the team. Um, and the Gophers have quickly turned into uh, Transfer University after last year and now this year, where there will be plenty of new faces because they added – 
Drew Peterson from prestigious Rice University, known for its academics, not necessarily known for its uh, football and basketball programs, um, but he comes in as a uh, um, combo guard forward. He's a pretty long 6'8 dude, um, but he does a lot of good stuff. He averaged uh, double figures, 11 points, uh, 6.5 rebounds, 3.5 assists for the Owls last year, and he was actually one of the top... Um, one of the top most or say, most sought after uh, transfer candidates this year, which is pretty cool for the Gophers to pick him up. Um, I believe he was being uh, pursued by um, Vanderbilt and also Creighton, but he's going to fill a hole. I would I wouldn't be surprised if he starts next year um, alongside. Well, assuming. Remind me, is he a grad transfer or no? Um, oh, yeah. Actually, I take that back. Sorry, getting ahead of myself because we're so excited about the potential for the NCA this year to waive the um, penalty for transferring in light of all the COVID stuff um, that they're supposed to decide, you know, late May whether they're going to grant uh, this year only uh, free transfers. Um, so getting a little bit ahead of myself. But yes, he would have to sit out a year, but would have two years of eligibility left after that if he did have to, uh, did have to sit out. Um, but we're just looking at the makeup of the team. Um, really turning over a lot, having to have a lot of new faces this year. And if we're going to play a little, a, a game where he does indeed transfer um, immediately, he would probably start alongside grad transfer, Brandon Johnson, who would be a forward transfer, Liam Robbins from Drake. So you got three of your five guys, assuming Marcus Carr comes back, um, who would be new faces for this team. And that's not including Jamal Mashburn jr. Who could be playing a, um, playing a heavy role in the rotation as well. So um, big news in the sense of you may have added a starter to the team next year, which is not nothing. Um, and an impact guy at that who has played for two years now um, at a high level of basketball and has proven himself to be able to score, grab rebounds and deliver the basketball. Remind me if Carr stays in basically until the end of his window, is that June I'm trying to think about the dates, and maybe Andy can help me out here too. Um, but I, I feel like the NBA draft is a little bit murky right now in terms of what they're going to do for dates, just because the season was pushed back and there's uncertainty there. Um, but I know Carr did not hire an agent yet, and I feel like the prevailing theory is that he was testing out, trying to see if he could get some feedback on what he needed to do this year to actually be uh, drafted in the future. Um, because I, I don't think anyone's thinking that he's actually going to get drafted in the two rounds of the NBA draft as it currently stands. So I think there's a a chance he returns um, to try to up his draft stock anyways. Yeah, I mean, in theory, which everything's in theory at this point, if, if, <laughs> if the NBA draft continues to stay on schedule, which there's been some talk that they won't, that they want to push it back because they, the scouts and the GMs want to have more time to do research on some of these guys because they didn't obviously get a chance to work any of them out, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. Um, if it stays on schedule, yeah, the NBA draft is like... June 25th, June 26th, or something like that. And if I remember right from the from the Amir Coffee saga last year, uh, you have to pull out if you're going to pull out. Last year, I think it was like middle of the week after Memorial Day. So we've got another month of this, assuming that, that Marcus Carr doesn't you know, back out immediately. One would assume that he'll wait till the last possible time to do it. But it does put a little bit of uncertainty. Let's just say the NBA draft gets postponed till September. Um, so what, what if the, what if the pullout deadline gets, so you might have, I mean, everybody assumes he's coming back, 
but you very well may have the Gophers sitting in limbo going, all right, is our starting point guard going to come back a month before the season or not? Mm-hmm. Again, mm-hmm. assuming the actual basketball season starts on time, which, again, nobody has any yes. clue, you know. <laughs> yeah, the Gophers are in this weird position right now. If you're looking at the 2020-21 lineup where they could be very deep compared to last year, and, you know, if we're looking at last season, they could – sometimes barely field even six guys who could put in um, more than 25 minutes in a game. But now you're looking at if, if Carr does come back, you've got potentially an eight-deep team of guys who can contribute minutes at a high level, which is which was just a complete 180 from how it was last year. That said, if Marcus Carr doesn't come back, all of a sudden you don't, don't have a point guard on the roster short of Brian Greenlee who can really give you some minutes, which puts you in a real pickle. Um, so I guess I'm not sure that Patino's even done, and we can't be in his – no one's in his office right now knowing who he has in the, on the horn right now, but um, you would really love to see them shore up the point guard situation unless he knows something that we don't um, in terms of Carr coming back or not. But even then, you need some someone to, to play some more minutes to give him – to, to spell him once in a while. But at the very least, um, point guards aside – the Gophers do have quite a few guys who can um, play some heavy minutes, which they went from being thin to being uh, to being deep all of a sudden. Yeah, and I and I would assume that Marcus Carr and Richard Pitino have talked, and there's a fairly decent understanding that hey, yeah, I'm doing this to test it out. Unless they tell me, holy crap, the NBA loves me and I'm going to be a first round pick, they're not. Um, that he'll be coming back. Because I, I I can't believe, you know, for everybody who criticizes Richard Pitino's recruiting, he, he's he's done an okay, okay to fairly decent job, and, and he's done really well at the transfer market. You can't tell me that if he had any inkling that Marcus Carr was absolutely leaving for real, that he wouldn't have found another point guard with one of these three transfer spots. The fact that he went wing and big with all three spots tells me he's, in his mind, almost positive that Marcus Carr is coming back. Yeah, that's my yeah. My that fe- that feels that feels right. Mm-hmm. That de- that definitely feels right. So get ready to uh, name a gopher next year, and you'll see a bunch of new faces. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite? Uh, what's your guys's favorite Rice uh, University trivia? Well, do you guys know what their mascot is? I do. Andy, don't look it up. It's like an eagle or something. Close. Owl. No, it's the owl. It's an owl. Yep, they're the owls. They're the owls. One of my, I don't know, it's a, it's a very interesting university because they're, you know, respected and they're playing D1 football and all that stuff. But when's the last time you heard Rice for any reason? Um, really don't have one. I mean, they used to be part of the old... Uh, Southwest Conference, didn't they? Back in the day, I think their ba- their baseball team won the uh, NCAA's like four years ago, I do believe. So, I mean, they're they're good at other sports besides you know the main ones. Well, one of those schools you just don't hear about very often, along with uh, Duquesne, which is in New York, Pittsburgh. <sighs> well, at least I have the right <laughs> side of the country. <laughs> Well, wait, was Duquesne the team that the Gophers un, uh, played on the road for the NIT in? Yes. Was that yeah. was that yeah. was that Patino's first year? Uh, yes, I do believe so. Wrong.
wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. God, they played in a high school gymnasium. Well, I mean, they are in America East or something like that. Nope. So it's not like you, you know, would expect them to to have a lunch. I, obviously, but it was just jarring to, to turn on ESPN and then look and see a high school gymnasium. No, you guys, Duquesne is in the uh, A10. This is a this is a legit, you know, big big league team. He's right. Do you know that? Well, I think they are now. I think at that point they weren't. I think they 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 got upgraded. I do believe. What? No, 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 no. Yeah, because a couple of the A10 teams hopped to the new Big East and all that jazz. Sounds like a different podcast. The history of Duquesne University. <laughs> Well, if we're going to finish random, you guys have any uh, beverages that have caught your, your palate recently? Oh, boy. I uh, just picked up um, a six-pack of the Surly Stunner, their tropical ale, which has been a nice uh, transition as it's gotten warmer here um, to get a little, uh, little tangy beer on your palate. Uh, it reminds you of summer, especially as the leaves are budding. So um, I'll put that there as my uh, new beer of choice currently. Yeah, I've been running with uh, Rheingeist out of Cincinnati, which I know you can actually get in Wisconsin now. So who knows? It might be uh, in, in Minnesota soon enough. Um, I'm drinking their Wiffle, which is their spring wit beer. Uh, very, very light and easy, but with a little bit of spice and a little bit of fruit. So nice, easy drinker for when you don't want uh, something too heavy. How about you, Andy? Yeah, you know, nothing too consistent dabbling here and there all around, but, uh, um, you know, picked up a, a four-pack of a uh, Blackberry Bramble uh, ale from 56 Brewing in Minneapolis. That was that was pretty good. Um, you know, as it gets a little bit warmer, it's, it's time to bust out the sours out on the deck again. And, and mm, sours. So, yeah, no, I, I'm a little disappointed that at the moment uh, Junkyard hasn't been delivering down to the Twin Cities, which, I mean, we understand why, but uh, hopefully that this can get figured out and they can bring some stuff down because that's, that's the most annoying part is I'm watching my Instagram feed and they're like, all oh, these beers, and I'm like, I want that, I want that, I want that, but I'm not driving up to Moorhead to get it since they're not delivering down to the Twin Cities at the moment. So, oh, the know. Junkyard Peanut Butter Bandit? That's a good one. Junkyard, if you if anybody in the Junkyard crew is a Gopher fan and happens to be listening, we love you. Uh, and in exchange for uh, some beer, we will plug you incessantly um, because we love you and your beer is delicious. So just throw that out there in case anyone's listening. I mean, let's be honest. We'll probably make that deal with any brewery within a four-hour radius of the Twin Cities. Yeah, we have a lot of breweries we love. I mean, that's a fair point. I mean, I'm I'm living in Cincinnati, and I make it a make it an extremely important priority to uh, collect beer um, and drink beer from many breweries in Minnesota when I get home. Uh, But uh, we're talking about Junkyard now. So Junkyard, you're the current plug, you know, hit us up. Oh, I love Junkyard so much. I almost died walking to the brewery from Fargo one winter. Why in the, what? They have Uber up there now. <laughs> I think at the time, well, maybe they didn't. It must have been four years ago. But we were so close, we decided to walk <laughs> over to Moorhead. And uh, this bridge going, uh, this covered bridge 
the sidewalk was kind of slanted and it was like early spring. So it had frozen and I slipped and started falling down this incline almost into this like highway that was probably like 45 mile an hour speed limit grabbed onto the railing so I did not go into traffic and then um my friends helped me back up but boy that railing wasn't there could have been real messy where were you walking from we were staying at a Howard Johnson hotel in Fargo boy that was a weird weekend hojo any weekend with a hojo involved <laughs> is going to be a weird weekend. That's just, I think that's pretty much just like a, it's a, it's an automatic. They're synonymous. <laughs> this is today. It's just not a hotel chain you hear much about anymore. So I pretty much assume, you know, somebody who has just generally a normal life when they throw hojos in. Yeah. But it makes sense that it exists in Fargo still. <laughs> oh, well, obviously. All right. All right, boys. Uh, I think we're going to wrap it up. Everybody out there, keep uh, keep your head down. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Go Gophers. Sky Yuma. Row the boat. Go Gophers. Row the boat.